Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or physician, and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast in season four of all things. Who knew, right? I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. And as a matter of fact, this is part one of a two-part episode, call it a mini-series, all around inflection points. Inflection points and strategic planning, trying to get an objective look at the businesses you've built up to this point. You know it'll be a note-taking episode, so get your pad and pen ready for another wonderful cup of that Mila coffee. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. Well, welcome everybody to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports. Thank you for, I don't know, 20 minutes of your time today, whether you're in between patients, whether you're on the commute to or from work, whether you're on the treadmill or on your bicycle or working out in the gym or just trying to enjoy a little bit of time with your feet up on the couch. I thank you for spending a little bit of time with me. I'm going to give you a couple of things to think about, I think, in this episode, as well as the next episode. And it probably revolves around the fact that I am in the middle of a handful of strategic planning sessions with clients, in addition to the ones that DeWalker and I do for our business. And I'm gaining some further insights into um, the way some of our clients are approaching 2024 and maybe uh, building upon some of the conversations that I had to close up 2023. I teased in the introduction, I want to talk about inflection points. Uh, Inflection points are uh, a concept, I guess, that I have talked about before on the podcast, but I really didn't dig into it too much. I've I've talked about it from the stage as well. I have a series of slides that I show on inflection points. This is a concept that's obviously a lot easier to show in presentation format than it is to verbalize. But it's not something that should be too foreign to any and all of us because we all took basic geometry and early algebra um, and and whether or not we realized that we were talking about inflection points when we were learning about that type of mathematics. um, I'm going to give it to you today. So what is an inflection point and and why is it relevant? How do we want to think about it as business owners and entrepreneurs? All of us go through phases of growth um, and success or achievement. Some of this is subjective and some of it is objective, okay? But what I want you to do right now is think more along the lines of the objective side as it relates to your business. You have uh, some uh, amount of history under your belt, a number of years maybe for some of you, a handful of decades. Over that period of time, if you plotted all of your uh, gross revenue um, on a graph, hopefully it would be going up and to the right, as we like to say. When we look at 
mathematical representations of our historical performance, usually around revenue growth, it could be EBITDA, maybe it could even be number of locations, but it's predominantly um, uh, revenue and and EBITDA or maybe even income. You see that there's usually a, a pretty steep rise from your early days as a uh, business owner and a clinician. And then the graph starts to kind of flatten out, right? So that the curve kind of breaks a little bit. Hopefully it doesn't take a downturn, but it, it's no longer the rocket ship hockey stick phenomenon like you hear all the time. It tends to, to start to even out and start to the curve starts to go a little bit horizontal, right? And when that happens, an inflection point is the point where the curve uh, goes from flattening out to pivoting and moving back in an upward trajectory again. When it goes from that sort of flatline growth or even possibly starting to border on negative growth to positive growth again is the inflection point. It's the pivot point, okay? What I want you to think about is if your curve, and let's just say it's revenue, has started to flatten out in the last couple of years, you want to think about how long it's been relatively flat. You know, when you're first starting out and you're making changes in a practice that you bought, or maybe you started one from scratch, early stage growth is is pretty easy to come by. When I talk about growth, I'm talking about percentage gain year over year. You know, when you're starting from a really low baseline, it's hard it, it's pretty easy to put up gaudy numbers, right? If you're if the first year you had 400,000 in in collections and the second year you had 600,000, well that's a 50% growth. Now, that's a that's a gaudy number percentage-wise it probably didn't strike you as out of the ordinary because you expected it out of yourself. But you and I would also say that building a business, especially a healthcare services business, where we maintain 50% growth year after year after year is daunting, (laughs) impossible, not realistic. So maybe it goes from 50% growth to 40% to 30% to 20% to 10% to five and five and five and two and five, you know, so it starts to flatten out after some period of time. If you go back and and plot all of your total revenue for each year that you've been in practice, you'll probably see it starting to flatten out a little bit. And what we see is that mature businesses start to flatten out. People start to struggle for growth at that point. And here in this first episode of a two-episode component, I'm really kind of talking about those that are in the very early stages um, of their overall business development, probably one to two locations or maybe just flat out one location. And you're seeing that you've got a very healthy practice. You see that um, your staff has hopefully been with you for a while and and y'all are a pretty well-oiled team. Um, You've got a really good clinical skill set. You can do a lot of complicated dentistry. Um, you got a pretty good rapport with patients. Your case acceptance is high. Um, You know, this is a business that's kind of firing on all cylinders, but it's also a business that has kind of started to stall. 
and growth is getting harder and harder to come by. And it gets to be a little bit frustrating for a lot of us who are achievement-oriented entrepreneurs who aspire for greater things in the future. It's not easy to reconcile it with yourself if you're a solo practice owner and say, well, I'm just going to start working more days and more hours. You know, that that isn't really the solution that you're looking for. But at the same time, how are we going to get more growth or more profitability, more personal income out of the business the way it's constituted right now if we don't expand our own capacity and work five days, six days a week or you know, 40 to 50 to 60 hours a week, right? I think you want to gain efficiencies for sure. You would like to make more money in equal amounts of time or maybe less time, but you want to make sure that the growth of the business is still on an upward trajectory. And right now it's started to stall. So the first thing we think about as we're talking through inflection points, uh, and this is really, again, from that build and operate type of a mindset, I'm not really talking uh, built for exit or imminent sale here. I'm really talking to our our operators of, of the uh, audience. And then again, this one, I'm, I'm talking about the emerging group space, really. You know, the, the, the curve can do one of two things as it starts to flatten out. One, we can figure out a way to make it pivot back upwards for next phase of growth. Two, it can continue to um, tread water, just continue to go sideways, stay horizontal, not grow, but not recede, right? Uh, And then the third thing is obviously one that we don't like talking about that much, but it could realistically take a downturn, um, which might not be great. Um, Or, It might be something that you're planning on if you're a late stage career dentist and you are getting close to retirement that you want to start scaling back some of your own days and hours. So when when we start plotting out our history on a graph and we see that it starts to flatten out or start to stall, at that point, we're left uh, with a decision essentially to make. And that centers around what we want to do with the business, what our expectations are, and what we want to get out of the business. And when I say get out of the business, I'm not just talking about from a, a, a personal income standpoint anymore. It could be, you know, objective like that, like you want to make more money. Okay, that's an objective outcome. Or it could be something more subjective, more fulfillment, more happiness out of the business. But I think as we start to think about those three potential outcomes, an increase, a decrease or a continued horizontal kind of flatline aspect, the decision comes down to one for the future and the time frame involved. And this is different for a lot of you in the audience. And the reason that this is important is because probably if your desire is for an upturn to force the curve to to work through the inflection point and force the curve to turn back up it's going to require some level of investment time dollars effort stress frustration all of that fun stuff we all know and love as business owners so if it is going to involve some level of investment it's really important for you to have a firm grasp around the time frame remaining. And that's why you hear me say, 
very often that when we talk about building group practices, if you're five years from retirement, that I don't really know that it's that it's in your best interest to do that because it's not necessarily the investment that I'm uh, shy about or reluctant to be an advocate for, but it's really more about the time frame remaining to do it. And I think that's the key thing for many of you. When you think about the where your business is on a growth or a, maybe a, a plateauing standpoint, gain an understanding of your personal expectation around years remaining of work. And is it a, a short-term time frame or is it measured in a decade or two decades or more? And the the time frame involved makes the investment decision a little bit more palatable and it makes it a little bit more, uh, it gives you a greater level of confidence around ROI. It goes without saying that we shouldn't make the investment if we're not really confident that we can drive positive ROI out of it. So evaluating the three outcomes, positive growth, uh, decline or negative growth and flatlining and then timeframe and investment. Here, once we start to, to gain uh, a, a degree of confidence around the time remaining and and our commitment to seeing this new process through to hopefully um, drive greater outcomes uh, for the future. I think the next piece to really uh, gain a, a firm understanding, and this is something we do uh, with all of our strategic consulting clients, you've heard me talk about it before, uh, is a SWOT analysis. SWOT is S-W-O-T strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Okay, we we want to make an investment in the business for future growth. We want to push the business through that inflection point, and we want to see the curve turn up for greater success in this next phase of the business for whatever the period of time is, five to 10 years. Well, what are the strengths that we're building off of? Strengths can be subjective and they can be objective. One strength might be that you have a couple of hundred thousand dollars of cash on a readily available cash on balance sheet. That's object, objective. Subjective could be that you have uh, a really good culture in your business and a high level of team cohesion. You've worked with your staff for a long time. You can anticipate one another's needs. There's a healthy handoff between all clinical personnel. Uh, and you're, uh, for that reason, your case conversion rate is extremely high. All right. So thinking about strengths of the business can be objective and they can be subjective. Um, but it's important to, to really gain a, a firm understanding of the strengths that you can leverage that help you push through the inflection point and maybe create an upturn in uh, uh, the next level of success. And it might not require the full-fledged investment that you're, you're, that you're planning on right now. Weaknesses. What are the weaknesses in the business? This, again, could be subjective or objective. It could be a scenario where um, you are, are the sole clinician in the business uh, and you're tired, you're, you're a little bit worn out, you can't add more days and hours. Um, dentistry is a very physically demanding uh, profession and it, it could be something, and this is a little bit more on the subjective side, obviously, but you're just running out of gas in the tank. Um, another weakness 
uh, could be uh, objective every bit as much as what I said was a strength before. It, may, it might be that you have zero cash on balance sheet. That's objectively not a good place to be. So when we think about weaknesses in the business, um, it's personal it, uh, and it, it personal to you as the business owner, I mean. Uh, it could be uh, around your team, uh, high turnover or something like that. Um, could be uh, part of your patient population. I, I one time in, in a prior life got the good opportunity to to work with a husband wife practice um, in a in a very uh, up and coming area of Charlotte where a lot of the young people who were moving to the city to work for the banks and stuff loved uh, moving into that area. There's good nightlife and everything along those lines. But you know what? A lot of those kids were the fluoride generation and they had really healthy mouths. They didn't need a whole lot of crowns done. You know, so procedure mix was a, a weakness out of that because the patient base didn't demand it and didn't require it. So these are things to think through as it relates to strengths and weaknesses. Opportunities. Um, opportunities are possibly adding new um, complicated procedures uh, that you're not doing presently and you're referring out. It could be overall growth in the local patient population due to um, being in a growing area of the city, kind of like I mentioned before. Opportunities are, are endless, and it really uh, is something you, you owe it to yourself to, to think uh, unencumbered for you know, 30 minutes to an hour and see if you can identify how many opportunities are really in your marketplace. Again, can be subjective or could be objective. Uh, threats. Threats, the difference in a weakness and a threat is that a threat is usually from, is an external source on something you cannot control. So a threat might be uh, declining insurance reimbursement rates. Most of you take insurance assignment um, as most dental practices do. And if you're a solo practice or maybe two locations, um, your negotiating power ain't great. And let's face it, most of the insurance companies are are um, certainly not increasing their rates. If they're holding them steady, that might be a, a slight uh, win in some way, but it's even in decline in other areas. Uh, threats could be a, a, uh, an enterprise level DSO moving into your marketplace. Um, it could be um, uh, you know, the imminent retirement of uh, one of your key partners, the person who founded the business or something like that. So uh, it's important when we think about forcing ourselves through this inflection point to get greater growth, that we we have eyes wide open and to some degree, a, a level of objectivity around what the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats are to the business if we are going to expect the next wave of growth to come. Uh, and, and again, spending ample time going through that process to get eyes wide open about where we're going to make the investment and what we think the outcomes are going to be is, is critical. And that leads me to the last thought as we're, we're moving through this whole kind of in, inflection point to create greater upside and growth for yourself. And that is defining success. Now, that's pretty self-evident, right? We're all goal-oriented people, and we it, it probably on January 1st of every year, each one of you slaps a, a revenue increase percentage on your business and says, okay, I want to I want to grow from a million dollars in collections to 1.1 million. That's a 10% growth number. Okay, that's our goal. Well, that's a little bit, I'll say, um, it lacks detail, 
let me put it that way. I'm going to try to be diplomatic about it. When you go through a planning session or when you establish expectations about your business into the future, could be a quarter, could be a year, could be a couple of years. The key thing is not just putting a percentage down or even a dollar amount in the future. Anybody can do that. The key thing for you is defining what success looks like. Defining what success looks like. And this is, in all of its gory detail, your best ability to get real clear on when we end up there, how will we all know that we are successful? Most leadership comes down to execution. You've heard us talk about this on the podcast before, and I talk about it from the stage a lot too. That being said, it's not an executive's uh, responsibility solely to say, we're going to grow 10% this year. Okay. That's a bit Mickey Mouse, honestly. But when we say we're going to grow 10% this year, and we're going to grow by making an investment of $120,000 in a 3D x-ray machine, and we are going to uh, invest in $30,000 worth of a CE course to learn implant surgeries, we are going to be successful because within six months, I will be able to grow my guided implant surgeries from zero per month up to six per month. I will present 20 different implant surgical cases to patients, and I will convert more than 50% of them, and we will build into that volume in the second half of the year, and 8% of the 10% revenue growth for the business will come out of guided implant surgeries where I will make the investment in the capital equipment or technology, as well as the continuing education to get it done. Now, I just made up all that off the top of my head and I didn't think about it ahead of time. So it might've been a nonsensical answer, but I think you understand if you just listen to the train of thought behind it, that I'm, I'm taking an outcome, 10% growth. I'm breaking it down into some specific catalyst for that growth. I am projecting dollar amounts of investment on a defined time frame that yield specific outcomes with several different steps to it. I mentioned conversions and case presentation and things like that. All right. And if all of that comes together, then it will result in 10% revenue growth, just to stick with that example. Okay. But the problem that people get into when they're building a bigger business than a solo practice, uh, than a single practice location with a founder, uh, owner, operator, dentist. The problem that they get into is that they have some pie in the sky outcome that makes perfect sense to them, but they don't slow down long enough to clearly communicate it to their leadership team and all of their subordinates in specific details about how we'll know when we've arrived at success. 
this is what success looks like. It's not the 10% revenue growth. It's the treatment case presentations. It's the conversions. It's the, the, the forward-looking revenue generation that builds into all of it. And, and there are a lot more detail involved. So when, I, when we work with clients and we say, okay, now we have an initiative that, we, that we're going to focus on this year. We have a dollar investment that we expect. We know where those dollars are going to come from, meaning are we going to borrow the money? Or are we going to pull it out of cash on balance sheet? We understand the time involved, i.e. the CE course that it's going to take us to get there to that level. We understand there's probably some marketing dollars that goes along with it. What are the key marketing metrics and how will we know that the marketing program is, is working? What's the best thing that's going to happen if we get this done? And what's the worst thing that's going to happen if we fail? All right. Those two questions provide a lot of urgency and a lot of clarity for your leadership team and their subordinates. So what's the best thing that's going to happen? If we met, if we succeed in doing this, and what's the worst thing that's going to happen if we fail? Those are key uh, questions, essentially, to answer when you are defining success. And then, if there are key outcomes along the way, like unit number of in- guided implant surgeries and conversion rates and all that kind of stuff, then let's define what those key outcomes are. And if they're key hurdles or stumbling blocks or obstacles that we have to get over or get around or get through along the way, what are they? Maybe uh, part of it is is getting funding for it. If it's a thirty thousand, if it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar investment, that's probably an obstacle to overcome, right? So there are all these things that we want to start breaking down what success looks like. So why do I position all of this as it relates to inflection points? The reason that I position that I'm going through all of this uh, for those of you who are in the earlier stages of growth into that emerging group phase, if you will, that successful practice, adding a second location or maybe going from two to three to four um, in the next uh, two years or something like that. The reason this is important is because those of you who are in the early stages of growth are starting to shift that mindset from clinician to CEO, like we've talked about. And many of you are on a journey where you want to build a business that's not dependent upon you and specifically your clinical skill set. And I think that's really wise if you have, call it 10 years or more before you want to sell the business or retire or something like that. In today's world, if you are the biggest revenue generator in your business, if you are the stir that straws the drink, if you are the person who makes everything happen, that's really a lot of fun when you got a lot of energy and you're in prime health and you're on top of your game. But there are a lot of dentists that have health scares, um, usually physical ailments that preclude them from doing clinical dentistry. That's a bad place to be if you are the only revenue generator of that business. So I think building a business that may be, um, uh, you know, it may have the opportunity to expand days and hours and bring in uh, an associate, even part time is wise. It could be that your investment is in your core business and you're going to um, expand the actual facility to create more operatories um, and, and a, a second wing off the business, if you will. It could be that you want to add your next location. 
um, location number two. Uh, and you need to, to start identifying what uh, that's going to be and when it's going to happen. And do you have funding secured for it? All of those types of things. This is critically important as the as the industry starts to consolidate and there are a lot of threat pressures that you cannot control. Every business has its weaknesses. Ours does. Yours does. That is not a reason to allow your inflection point to, to have a, a, a downturn, a negative growth trajectory. There are certainly numerous ways to influence your business through that inflection point and make sure that it doesn't have a downturn, make sure that it doesn't simply tread water or continue to flatten out, but actually pivots and starts a second phase of growth beyond what the core business can achieve in its, uh, in its stagnating form presently. I think this is critically important as you think about where your business is and where you want it to end up in the next probably two to five years. Some of you have greater urgency, some have more time on their hands, but all of you have to be the catalyst to push through where you are right now and make sure that you influence the inflection point for the next phase of growth. If you can do that, you're going to be a great business leader. I expect you to build a more profitable business that yields a lot more personal income and even more fulfillment for you as the owner. I hope all that makes sense because this is really critical and this is the great time of year to really be thinking about all of this. I certainly appreciate all of you being listeners and subscribers to the show. Thank you so much for the compliments that you all share with us. And these are the types of uh, episodes that really are a lot of fun for me uh, because they're, they're heady business concepts that I get to see from a lot of you, even though you don't realize it when we're only working one-on-one. So I truly enjoy that. Thanks so much for being a listener and a subscriber. We'll see you on the next episode.